Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It seems like kind of a bizarre idea, right? This idea that we've had this medication around, we've been using it to help treat acne and prevent malaria, and yet... It could also help us do something else. There is a trial going on, a clinical trial here in Vancouver to determine if this particular medication could actually help prevent bacterial sexually transmitted infections. So we, I'm not a doctor, so I can't explain all this to you, but that's how we bring people in to help me with that. So Dr. Troy Grennan is with us now, the physician lead for the Provincial HIV STI program at the BC Centre for Disease Control, also a clinical assistant professor of infectious diseases at UBC. Dr. Grennan, thank you for joining us. Nice to be here. Thank you. So tell me about this trial then. Is this is this groundbreaking? Um, you know, the idea I think is certainly groundbreaking. So uh, I, along with a few other researchers from across the country, are leading this trial. Uh, so it is based in BC right now. You know, I'm based in BC, but it is happening across the country. And it does build on a few recent trials that have looked at this very idea. So the antibiotic is doxycycline, which, as you mentioned, has been around for decades. We've been using it clinically for decades for a number of reasons. And um, so a few years ago, a, a study was published that looked at its use in preventing uh, bacterial STIs such as syphilis, chlamydia, and also there's also been looks at gonorrhea as well um, in terms of its use in preventing these infections. Okay, so is this something that researchers are turning their attention to more and more? Is like, how do we know that some of these medications that have been around might be good for something else? Well, it's, the reason doxycycline was specifically chosen for this use is because we do know, so doxycycline is used for many different things. As you mentioned, acne, prevention of malaria. Um, it's also used for a variety of other infections, as, as are many antibiotics. But we do know that doxycycline is actually one of the recommended treatments for both syphilis and chlamydia. So we already knew it worked for these two infections to treat them. The, the novel part of this is that when you take it either before um, a sexual encounter, so as pre-exposure prophylaxis or a PrEP, or if you take it right after PEP, post-exposure prophylaxis, uh, it has also been shown in some studies to prevent the occurrence of these infections. So not only has it been used to treat them, and we know we use them very routinely to treat these infections, but we now know from these few studies that we can take this medication either before or right after, and it can prevent them from happening. Hmm. Okay, now these STIs that you're talking about here, have we seen a recurrence of these? Are the numbers kind of creeping back up? Well, so uh, yes, the, the short answer is yes. And Specifically syphilis, we've been talking about syphilis a lot in BC and across Canada for, for many years. And over the last decade in Canada, syphilis has increased by about nearly 400%. So it's, it's huge. You know, it's a, it's a really big problem. And uh, at the BC CDC specifically, we have a lot of activities going on which are really meant to try to stem the, the, the increase. We're seeing a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of cases, both here in Vancouver, across BC, but really across Canada and many parts of the world, actually. Uh, chlamydia as well. Chlamydia has increased to a lesser extent, um, 
but it also has increased as well. Have they become harder to treat? I mean, in terms of the, the, the medications that we use to treat them, yeah. specifically, specifically around syphilis and chlamydia, not really. There has been a little bit of resistance, not with doxycycline, but with one of the other medications that we use uh, to treat chlamydia. Certainly, if we, we bring gonorrhea into the fold, that's a resistance issue there. The, the, the major challenges that we've had in treating these infections, especially more recently, is uh, folks who are getting impacted by these infections often have a lot of barriers to care. So barriers to access to care. So they might be struggling with mental health issues. They might be homeless or not have great housing. Uh, there might be a number of other things going on with them that, that makes it hard for them to access care. So in that respect, uh, there have been issues in treating these infections currently. Okay, so if there's barriers and access to care, how will treating it with this particular drug then change that? Well, it's, um, it's a good question. So first off, our trial, the DISCO trial, is really focusing its attention and really looking to recruit individuals who have been historically more disproportionately impacted by STI. So specifically our trial and the other trials that have preceded it are looking at the use of doxycycline in individuals who are part of the gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men community, the, the MSM community, as well as transgender women. Because we know these key populations have been disproportionately burdened and impacted by uh, these bacterial STIs over the years. So in terms of access, we, you know, the, 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 certainly the, um, the trial is providing a method, a novel method, by which folks can try to be proactive and help prevent these STIs. And it may prevent some barriers for some. You know, it may prevent the need for them to you know, wait for symptoms to occur before, before uh, coming to seek treatment. And you know, they're, they're already in the trial and they're taking this daily and they're getting supported by, by you know, the, the, the care team with the trial. But um, it's really focused on those key populations for this particular trial. Right. Okay. And I, I understand that you're looking to recruit some people for the trial as well. Yeah, we're actually well into recruitment already, uh, at least in Vancouver. Um, like I said, um, it's going on across the country. There's six or seven cities across the country that are recruiting. We, we are the first um, we are the first city to be recruiting. We've been recruiting for a few weeks now. But yeah, we are, we are looking to recruit folks into the study for sure. Okay. Are, are there any side effects with this particular drug? I mean, we talked about it being used for malaria, for, for acne. Are there any concerns about it? Well, the, um, like, like you mentioned at the outset, there are, we, we do have decades of clinic, collective clinical experience with this medication. Uh, so we've been using it as a medical community since the 60s. So we do have a fairly good idea about its side effect profile. And also from the, the recent trials for this particular indication, we've, um, we've, we've seen uh, what, it, what, what can happen with it. So the, the most common side effects with doxycycline and any, any medication in that same family, which is the larger tetracycline family, um, is, is mild GI upset. So things like, you know, nausea, stomach ache, maybe some, a bit of diarrhea, which generally is improved or reduced by taking the medication with food. And usually over time, if it does happen, it happens in a minority of people, but if it does happen, um, it's usually um, short-lived and goes away. Now, Dr. Grennan, this sounds like it is pretty revolutionary, what you're trying to do here. Would you classify it as such? 
I mean, I think so. I, I, I certainly can't take credit for the idea because I'm building on the ideas of my, my colleagues who've worked on this. I think our study is particularly innovative because it's doing something that none of the other studies have done so far, and that's comparing these two different approaches. So we do have a lot of data on doxycycline PEP, so the post-exposure prophylaxis, that's been published. There was a recent article in the New England Journal of Medicine that was published on, on a trial in the U.S., but not a lot has been done on doxycycline PrEP, which is that alternative way of taking it where you take it daily uh, instead of just after um, um, an encounter. And what we're going to do is we're going to compare those two interventions to see if one is better. And we're looking at a number of things. You know, we're looking at how well it works, but also we're looking at side effects, safety. We're looking at um, any concerns around the, the development of a resistance, antibiotic resistance. So these are all things we're looking at in this trial. So interesting. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.